And welcome to another episode of the PDA Writing Podcast. Ooh. Today is, we are reading chapter 10 of P.I. Cone and the Bicentennial Subsequent Resolutions. This is the last chapter. I'm excited. Are you excited? Dale was already up when their alarm went off the next morning. They weren't dressed yet. They just held a cup of tea and stared out the small window that viewed the street below. It had only been a week, but they missed their apartment in the city. The window wall alone was worth some consideration. This town had taken a toll on them. It had brought up so many old wounds and memories. They knew it was good to get those things out, but they were still exhausted and ready to get back to normal if normal was still possible after this. They finished their tea and set the cup down on a table. They knew they should throw the styrofoam away right away, but Dale didn't always like doing what they should. Plus, in a little while, the space and its cleanliness wouldn't be their problem anymore. They had bigger things to worry about today. They finally started getting ready for the day. It would take them into the city. That's where the address was located from the card Mr. Rawlings gave them. They knew they could take Andrew with them. They knew he was more than willing to see who was there. But they needed some time to think. As their case was ending soon, they would have to make some sort of decision regarding Andrew. They knew the two of them would talk it over, but before that happened, Dale needed some time to think on their own, figure out what they actually wanted. The four-hour car ride would give them plenty of time. They packed up their stuff. They would be staying at the apartment that night not wanting to drive eight hours that day, and come back up to report to Chris and talk to Andrew. They got in their car and headed south towards the city. They knocked on the door to a small side-by-side. It took a moment before an older woman opened the door. She may have been about 45 years older, but Dale instantly recognized her from the photographs. Mary, they asked. She nodded. Christopher told me you were coming. She stepped aside to let them through the door. Come in. They followed her to the living room where steaming cups were already sitting on the coffee table. I hope you like coffee, she said, indicating one of the cups and the seat behind it. Love it, Dale smiled and sat down, stretching out their legs in front of them. I'm sure you've heard a lot about what happened from Christopher, she started. I've heard his side, yes. They blew on the coffee gently before taking a sip. I would like to know yours. The celebration was supposed to be our last big hurrah in town. We were to leave the next day for the city in a small apartment. Her son was staying with some friends of our family until we got settled. They had children of their own, and they told us it wasn't much trouble to add the newborn to the family for the time being. She shouldn't have been walking around that day. I could tell she was in a lot of pain, but she insisted on the day. We had so much fun. I know it may be partially because it was my last day with her, but I look on it so fondly. But it was still amazing. Not everything was perfect, mind you. About the middle of the afternoon, I told her we should go. We had been there long enough, and I wanted her to get some rest. She wouldn't listen. I argued back with her, told her she needed to take care of herself. I even told her her hand would get better if she just got some rest. She wouldn't listen, and so we stayed, and I did my best to make the best of it. 
once the evening hit, I knew we needed to leave. She was so tired, as was I, so we started walking home. I had known for a while that Christopher was following us, and so did she. We both knew that he was going to try and convince her to stay, so we ignored him. She had made up her mind, but still didn't want to be tempted. We stopped at the lake. We knew it was going to be one of the last times we saw it, and we wanted to take it in the evening light. When we heard Christopher getting close, we stood and turned to him, ready to tell him to go away. But then it happened. I was shocked and then angry. I blamed Christopher, even though I knew he rushed in to make sure I wasn't harmed. It was his brother, after all, who did it. He told me to go, and I did. His family was powerful. I didn't want to be wrongfully accused. I gathered up some things from our house. My parents were still out, and I left. I kept my diary there at the house. I hoped it would be some proof for what Charles did. I first went to the family of friends. I wanted to pick up my nephew. He was the only thing I had left of her. And boy, did he look like her. Like me, I guess, as well. It was enough to pass him off as my own. A few months later, Christopher found me and told me about the death of Charles. I was glad of it. I felt like I had been able to breathe again. I had been worried that he would find me and my nephew and do us harm. I raised him as my own. He is, I guess, more of my son than my nephew. He is a professor at the university here, and I am so proud of him. He doesn't know that I'm not his real mother. I'm not entirely sure why I never told him. I guess to spare him the pain about the truth. It could be now is the time to tell him. I made sure he knew his father, though. After Chris's death, I kept in contact with Christopher and let him know how his son was doing. My son has long since known not to ask about the family Christopher has now. I don't even know the details about Christopher's life. She trailed off. He has a son and daughter. His wife is no longer with us, but from what I know of it, they were happy. Chris, his son, and Samantha, his daughter, do now know about you and your son and would like to get to know him. Chris was, is the detective on the case and is not having the best week for sure, but I know he would like to know about his brother. I will make sure to pass on the message. I know my son has been interested in the past, but it has long since been brought up. He'll probably still have the interest now. In the week that Dale had been in the small town, they hadn't been to Chris's house. They knocked on the door, uncertainly. Chris flew open the door. Gum. They sat down at the kitchen table. It was reminiscent of the conversation they had with Mr. Rawlings. Dale didn't hesitate. They launched into all they knew about the case and then their conversation with Mary. Chris's face was pale. His father had lied to him again. It was worse this time. At least before, Mr. Rawlings just hadn't said anything about what he knew, about what happened. Once he did speak, half of it was lies. He knew what happened to his son and what happened to Victoria and what happened to his brother. He had told them he didn't. I know this isn't the best news, but now you at least know. Dale placed a hand on Chris's shoulder. My own wife knew more than I did. Chris rubbed his face with his hand. That's how she knew who Victoria was. I thought it was a bit of a stretch, and it might have been. But she knew because her mother had told her the story about what happened. I don't blame her for keeping her unquiet. It was her mother's secret, not hers. My father, on the other hand, I don't think I'll ever see him the same again. He got up and started fussing with the things on the kitchen countertops. 
He's not a bad man. I know he lived his life in the way he thought was best, but to keep all of this from his family... I don't know what mom knew, to be fair, but he witnessed a murder. The murder of his first love, and it was his brother who did it. His brother who later died in a fake accident. Chris sat down again. I'm almost glad that my uncle's dead. I don't know how it would have felt to arrest family, he swore. My dad, Kevin, the others, my wife, they're all accessories to murder. The murder of my uncle. There's no statute of limitations on murder. Elias' mother is dead, so I won't have to worry about that. But what do I do with the rest? He looked at Dale, fear and sadness in his eyes. Do I put away my wife and my father for a story they were told, for the knowledge they kept to themselves? A man was murdered, yes, but by the state's laws, he would have been anyways if convicted. I know how much power my father has in this town, and so I understand how much power my grandfather would have had. My uncle would have never seen the inside of a courtroom. I'm glad I never met him. But why do I get to decide the way the law works? I am its servant. I do not get to make decisions that are almost beyond my comprehension. I know the law is biased and works in favor of those with power. I know the well-liked Mary and Victoria had none. Even in death, they would not have been able to fight for themselves. When taking on this case, I choose to fight for them. I chose to fight for every victim I decide to help. It may be the law to punish those who had a part in my uncle's death, but it's not justice. Justice was done on that icy cold night. It was an accident, a trick of fate that led my uncle to his death. People may have had a hand in it, but justice used all the resources at its disposal. As family to the deceased, I chose not to press charges. I find no harm has been done. Dale stayed quiet while Chris had talked this out. They knew the likelihood of Chris pressing charges was small, but to see the reasoning mapped out was astonishing. Chris was more complex than Dale gave him credit for. If it helps, Dale said. I think he made the right choice. Chris nodded. It does. It does. You always seem to know where your head was. I didn't, but I appreciate the compliment. Chris chuckled. I know, but I'm your friend, and so I exaggerate your attributes. Well, friend, I'm always here for you and when you need it. I know. You should come to see me in the city sometime. I know it's a long way, but I have a guest bedroom for you to stay in when you are here, Dale offered. I have a room here, too, if you decide to come back and visit at any point. Chris vaguely waved behind him. Thank you. I would think, though... That sometimes your guest bedroom will be filled with another. And when you are here, I doubt my guest bed will be slept in. He winked at Dale. You have been spending a lot of time with Andrew, I hear. Dale blushed. I don't know what you're talking about. Chris started laughing, and when Dale joined in, they found it took a while for them to stop. Dale had a speech prepared. They didn't know if they could say everything they needed to if they didn't say it all at once. Despite the rapport that had been established, Dale was still nervous. They had spent much of their time analyzing the past. Today, they would be looking into the future. I don't know what the future will hold for us, Dale started, but I do plan to see you more often. I have enjoyed the time I've spent with you this week. I find I am enjoying the man you have become. I also missed my best friends. I have friends in the city, of course. I would hope you would also come and visit me. I have a spare bedroom you can use. Or if, Dale paused, 
If things decide to go another way, my bed is big enough for two. I will definitely miss you. I will miss you too. I'll have to make sure to take you up on that offer, whichever version we decide. I do think it's time for us to get to know each other as we are now. I am proud of the man who I am today. I am the most me I have ever been. It's a lot different than the scared and closeted boy you once knew. Andrew explained. I look forward to getting to know that Andrew just as personally as I did the one before. Dale crushed Andrew in a hug. They had their friend back. They leaned out of the hug, still grasping Andrew's shoulders. Dale looked into Andrew's eyes and placed a hand on his face. Andrew leaned into the contact. Dale pulled him close again and gently kissed him on the lips. It was a slow, soft kiss, one that promised of more to come. Dale threw the bag on the floor as they entered their apartment. It was good to be back for a while. They liked to travel and the work took them from their home from time to time. But it was always a blessing to get back home. Their own space called to them. And they walked to their window wall. Looking out, they sighed. That case was done. Before they left town, Chris had insisted on paying Dale their full fee, even though Dale had told them he didn't need to. They were glad the case was done. It was always satisfying when they solved the cold case. It was time now to move on. There would be other cases that would need their attention. They were well sought after, after all. Their phone rang. Looked like that next case would be now. Well, I hope you enjoyed the last chapter of P.I. Cone and the Bicentennial. We got to figure out about Mary and what happened to her and the child. I know, you guys were so looking forward to that. I mean, when writing it, I think I figured out the, the last moment that that had, what, that had been what happened. But, I mean, we literally start off with Dale, just like contemplating as they do. Because I like to contemplate in front of windows, and they're missing their window wall as they, that looks down into the city. I mean, I would. I want just a wall that's a window. That'd be nice, though. It might be terrible to heat. Beside the point. Um, and talking about the case ending soon and the decision that they had to make with Andrew, um, and giving them time to think. So, and they meet Mary, who has raised her nephew as her son these past years. She has made sure that her son has known his father um, so that at least there'd be some type of relationship. I feel like it would be a pretty strained relationship because obviously Mr. Rawlings has his own other family. And it revealed that also, like, um, Mary's son doesn't really, like, ask about it, knows not to ask about the family. So I feel like that'd be kind of, like, a weird-ish um, thing to go on there. But then we learn more, we learn Mary's perspective on the night, more of like a first person perspective, because obviously we can't get Victoria's perspective as she's dead. Um, but we get to hear everything about um, the, uh, the big party for the bicentennial, arguing about the hand, and um, which, if you remember, Kevin Miller, the bartender, and his sister mentioned that they had been arguing about. Um, arguing at some point in time and gesturing at the hand. So we get to actually know that, hey, that, that was that argument. Um, 
and that they knew that uh, Mr. Rawlings was following them. They just decided to ignore it because, you know, they're leaving. Uh, they're going to keep on leaving and they don't want to be tempted otherwise. Well, Victoria didn't want to be tempted otherwise. Um, but then it happened. Charles kills Victoria and Mary has to run because that situation with how much power the family had was not going to be one that was going to be good for her, um, no matter how well-liked she was. So she left, picked up, picked up the child, and went to live in the city, raised um, the baby by herself, and here we are. And uh, Christopher, the Christopher child, Mary's child, I named three people Christopher in this. You know how confusing, confused I was? I'm sure you guys got probably got confused at a moment. It's like, how do I distinguish between the two? Between the, two, between the three. The, the victorious child, Christopher. Christopher as in Mr. Rawlings, the, uh, the father of all of them. And then Christopher, Chris, um, as in the detective of the case. So there's too many people named Chris in my in, in this story. I don't know why I decided to name everybody Chris. Um, I mean, I know why, because the father naming a, a junior thing. But still, that is beside the point. Um, so that uh, Vic, Victoria Mary's child, Christopher, is now a professor. So Mary's very proud. But and then, re- like, bringing out, like, the Oliver Branch being like, hey... You know, let's get to know um, these parts of the family now that the story is out, type of thing. So, I was I was gonna say we we'll see how that goes, but I don't know how that goes, and I don't know if we'll ever know how that goes. So, it'll go how it goes. But then obviously Dale has to report to Chris, and then Chris, being like my father, just kept on lying to me. Just it was bad enough when he didn't tell us anything, but now when he told us stuff, it was. Lies. Half of it was lies. Um, I mean, he comes to the conclusion through a nice uh, little speech there that I wrote for him um, about what justice is um, in his mind. Uh, where uh, he decides to not do anything, be like, case closed, we're done, nothing happened. Well, not nothing happened, but case solved, everything's good. Nobody's being pressed for charges. Um so, not even as accessories. So, I mean, that's something. But, and uh, Dale was a little bit proud of uh, Chris here being like, oh, I didn't realize uh, you actually had that much in you. I mean, I don't think Dale gave Chris enough credit, but to be fair, they were friends in high school. And maybe, and like maybe a little bit after, like they're still kids. So, getting to know the adults they are now obviously is a different story because it's been years so that's the thing but uh and then uh but like yeah come visit me oh yeah i'll come visit you i mean i'm writing more of pi cone so literally i think i'm on chapter four right now of the next story for pi cone so i mean we'll get it eventually we'll get to see if uh chris and dale spend time together I don't know if it's going to be a lot. We might just have um, Chris popping in every now and again. But then Dale goes see, to see Andrew. Obviously, the I'm one of the people that they have to close things up with, or at least 
tie tie up loose ends. That's that's what's the word the phrase I was looking for. Tie up loose ends. I'm looking to tie up loose ends. So you have that. And they decide like, yeah, we want to get to know each other as we are as adults now, after it's been over a decade since we've actually talked to each other. Now so we're different people now. Um, so you have that going for them. But uh um they don't know what the future holds for them, if they are going to end up in a relationship or not. They know that the potential is there, but it's something that they have to work out themselves in a, in, in a long, like, in the long run. It's not going to be it's like, oh, hey, let's jump into a relationship right now. One, they're living in two different cities, which I know can be hard, um, but also because uh, they, they're not sure who each other, each of them are yet. So... Then closing it up with Dale finally being home, back at their window wall, and being like, oh, hey, I have another case. What that case is, you'll have to wait, and I'll be posting the chapters for it on my website before I record it. So if you want to know what that next case is, you got to um, go to pdawriting.com to read. So, anyways... We are now complete for P.I. Cone and the Bicentennial. But the next stuff I'll be reading, I'll be taking a, a break from some of my chapters for a little bit. And uh, I'll be working on some poetry and maybe a th- short story or a little bit in there. I will eventually be reading The Inquiries of a Duchess on here. Inquiries of a Duchess. <gasps> I may have leaked the title to the, the single for that. Shh. Um, the Inquiries of an Heiress. I will probably be, I will probably, I will be recording those more, but I want to get more chapters, because the story's done, long since done, I just keep on forgetting to post chapters, I want to post more chapters on my website before I start reading it on a bi-weekly basis, so for now, it's going to be some poetry, and I can do poetry, and maybe a short story or two before I go back into reading a, uh, a longer story commission, so for now. I hope you guys all have a good rest of your days or nights, depending on where you guys are. If you want to read more of my work and don't want to have to wait for episodes to post, you can go to PDAwriting.com. If you want to support me, you can support me through Anchor, if you so choose. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash PDAwriting. I believe that's my link. Um... Or you can also follow me on Twitter, which is at PDA Writing. So you can find me at all those places. Please do. I would love to hear from whoever actually listens to me. So in that case, stay safe. Have a good night.